When you think about Greek life, Christian faith might be the absolute last thing that comes to mind. But we not only believe that it's possible to be Greek and Christian, but also that it's the best way to experience Greek life and grow your faith. We have real, honest conversations about how to approach Greek life from a Christian perspective, including things like recruiting and pledging, drinking and drugs, sex and dating, leadership and philanthropy, and much more. This podcast is by Greeks and for Greeks. Our hosts and guests are all members of fraternities and sororities who collectively have decades worth of experience living out their faith in Greek life. Welcome to the Greek and Christian podcast. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Allison, one of your hosts for the Greek and Christian podcast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, John. Hey, John. Hey, Allison. How you doing? Good. You are looking sharp today, my friend. You guys can't see him. Obviously, you're listening to the podcast, but he is wearing a very nice pink polo shirt. It looks great, I have to say. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of something witty to say, and I was like, "Ah, I don't have anything. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Allison. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I am uh, equally as professional today in my athleisure. So I got my hair in a ponytail, my glasses on and my favorite oversized sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. So full on, yes, full on summer mode here. Um, Athleisure, I hope is always here to stay in the wardrobe of sorority women. So built for comfort. That's right. I don't care what the haters say. I will always, I think have athleisure in my wardrobe, but (laughs) anyway, welcome to the Greek and Christian podcast. Uh, if you are just joining us, the Greek and Christian podcast is you guessed it all about the intersection of faith and Greek life. And today we are launching a new season, which is very exciting. Um, this is our third year doing the podcast, which is super fun. I can't believe we're here three years later, John. Um, and I'm a PiFi alum. John or J-Mac, as he is lovingly called, is a Sigma Nu alum, and we both wrestled with how to thrive in our Christian faith in our Greek experience. Uh, And we are also, we loved our Greek experience so much that we continued to work in Greek life through an organization called Greek InterVarsity. So again, if you are new and just joining us, Greek InterVarsity is a national ministry for fraternity and sorority students. And I think I can say this for you, John, it is certainly true for me, um, but both of us deeply believe that by combining your Greek experience and your faith, you really do get the best of both worlds, right? The best experience in being Greek and the best experience in following Jesus in college. So that's what Greek InterVarsity is all about. And this episode is kicking off our newest season, which really we're posing the question, where is God in recruitment. Um, and so if you're curious about joining Greek life or you're an active member of your Greek organization, we think you're going to love this series because recruitment brings with it all these like weird thoughts and emotions, <laughs> both for potential new members and active members of, you know, anxiety, excitement, maybe a little bit of fear and dread. Um, it's a lot. And so I think Oftentimes for us as people who are following Jesus, we're asking that question, where is God uh, in the recruitment experience? And what I'm really excited about, John, is that we're going to have a guest uh, over the next four weeks from each of the major Greek councils. So we're going to have a guest from NPC, IFC, NPHC, and MGC. And we'll get into a little bit more, like, why are there four different councils um, or four major councils, I should say, and, you know, why, what is different about them? What's similar? Um, And we'll be talking about recruitment, rush, intake from both the potential new member perspective and the active member perspective. Um, And I'm pumped for the questions that we're going to be tackling. So question one, does God even care about recruitment? Sometimes we can feel like the (laughs) nuances of Greek life. Does God even care? (laughs) What does he think about them? Um, And then how do we honor God as a new member when we're picking a Greek org? And then as an active member, how do we honor God in the way that we interact both with potential new members and with our brothers and sisters during that week? So I think it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, should be good. Hey, hate it or love it. 
uh, recruitment, uh, let's all be thankful that it's actually happening or, or happening in person, I should yes. say. So <laughs> we're recording here, uh, summer 2021, and uh, the majority of campuses in the U.S. are planning to return to in-person instruction and on-campus housing and all of that. And so uh, it'll be exciting to get back and talk about um, and experience some a little bit of normalcy, you know, recruitment and uh, all of that. So definitely, I'm with you. So, John, I think the best way to kick off this season is, of course, by sharing a few of our own recruitment stories, um, because we have very different Greek experiences. So if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, or probably even within the last five <laughs> minutes, you will notice that my voice has that kind of slight Midwest, beautiful nasal <laughs> quality to it. And J-Mac, you know, he's got that soothing, calming Southern drawl. And so, so <laughs> thank you. So I went to school at Western Michigan University and obviously Michigan and J Mac went to school at Clemson in South Carolina. So we do have very different Greek experiences, which I think is really neat to offer to our audience. Um, you know, our different perspectives. So let's just start out with John. What was your experience like with rush and with joining Sigma new? Yeah. Yeah. So my earliest uh, memories of recruitment was the first Friday on campus. So I was a freshman and was living in one of the freshman high rise dorms. Uh, so on my campus, they um, all the freshmen lived in these high rises on campus around this area called the horseshoe. So there was this big horseshoe kind of driveway that would go uh, down in and around all the freshman dorms. And so first Friday uh, as a freshman, uh, tons of excitement. Everybody's out and around. And when um, nighttime came, all these like white 15 passenger vans started filing through uh, the horseshoe. And so <laughs> you walk out of, you know, the freshman dorms out of the front doors and you just see a long line of these 15 passenger white vans. And then on the windows was duct tape you know, over the windows with Greek letters on them. So okay. I know, would legit be wondering if this is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of sketchy. Yeah. At first, you know, like, mm, what's going on here? But uh, right, the duct tape on the windows, like one would say Sigma Chi, one says Sigma Nu, the other SAE and all, all of these vans picking up people, uh, freshmen, potential new members, guys, girls to go out to these parties that are happening off campus and everything. And so, you know, you're walking out and getting into a van. It's like, ah, this is a little sketchy. I, don't, I have no idea where this van is going to take me. I don't know if my parents would approve of this decision. But <laughs> Hey, we're in college. Here we go. Uh, and so you jump right into it. Uh, and that was like the first few weeks uh, of campus, you know, being a, um, on campus. And then all that built up to rush week. Uh, so we had at least for IFC uh, at, at my school, there was one week, five days of recruitment. The first two nights was uh, we'd all be on this big field. Every fraternity had a every fraternity on campus had this you know, big tailgating tent set up and they'd all be grilling out food, hot dog, uh, barbecues, hamburgers. Uh, some of them had steaks, all sorts of different stuff. They called them smokers. And so the first two nights was just like, you try to get out to as many chapters as possible, meet as many people as possible uh, and get to know what these different chapters are about. The next two nights after that would be invite only events, you know, mm. so they kind of come down and they'd either rent out a bar or they'd have it at the fraternity house or, you know, it's kind of this smaller group of people. Uh, obviously, you know, you're kind of whittling down from the chapter perspective, the number of potential recruits uh, that you're going to take in. And then, of course, Friday was bid day. Uh, and so. Uh, yeah, Friday, I remember picking up my bid and uh, invitation to join Sigma Nu and just said, hey, if you want to join, be down at this one place on campus at four o'clock or whatever. And so at 3.55, I run down there and lo and behold, there's more white fans. <laughs> so it's like, man, this is like a, this is like a thing, you know, uh, the white 15 passenger vans. Some van company around here is killing it. Uh, Again, but, with like the cult imagery. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so jump in the, the van uh, and drive out to the fraternity house. And then, you know, me and whatever, 20 other people, uh, you know, pledge brothers, um, 
walk into the fraternity house, it's completely silent. Uh, and then we walk into the back and the whole fraternity is there and they all have beers in hand shaken up and they just immediately start screaming and yelling and uh, spraying us with beer. And, you know, in that moment, uh, it was just like, oh my gosh, I am in a fraternity. I'm in Greek life, which for me, full disclosure, I did not join Greek life for any of the noble reasons, like, you know, leadership opportunities or, you know, values. It was all about big parties, pretty girls. This was before me starting to follow Jesus in school. So in that moment, it was like, man, I have arrived. Like this is (laughs) I'm just laughing to myself because our recruitment experiences are so different. I mean, If you've been around Greek life, you know that sorority recruitment is vastly different from fraternity recruitment. Just a little bit. (laughs) Um, But there's some other reasons why my experience is different. And so for me, um, you know, going back, okay, J-Mac, you like joined Sigma Nu first thing when you got to school, or you, you were at least interested in Greek life, knew you wanted to join a fraternity. That's what it sounds like to me. Yep. Yeah. So for me going to school, Greek life was not on my radar at all. So, you know, I, my parents were both first-generation college students. They were not Greek. Uh, My sister, I have an older sister. She was not Greek. Um, And so I just wasn't thinking about it. Um, And then I also went to school. I was following Jesus. I wanted to make Jesus part of my college experience. Um, And so that's what I was really focused on. Um, And at that time, and I think a lot of people who are interested in Greek life uh, feel this or, or kind of have this stereotype in the back of their minds that you can't be a Christian and be Greek. Um, And so it, it, I want to say that is not true. Obviously we work for an organization that says actually uh, you can have the best of both worlds uh, being Greek and Christian. But anyway, as a freshman, that was not on my mind at all. So I didn't even know about fall recruitment. Didn't know anything. Um, Probably saw some chalk art on the sidewalks for sorority recruitment. I remember definitely seeing a lot of Chi Omega at that time, because the Chi is a pretty recognizable symbol and the Omega. Um, yes. So I remember that. And then, you know, probably heading into December of my freshman year, I had a friend through the Christian organization I was part of InterVarsity who joined Pi Phi. Um, and she just, invited me to a recruitment event. I was like, sure, I have nothing to do. It's a Wednesday night, whatever. I'll go to this event. So John, you described kind of what we call primary recruitment, formal recruitment, whatever. I did not go through the primary recruitment, um, in the fall, which is, you know, what a lot of freshmen wind up doing. Um, I went through the informal or the secondary recruitment process. So also called in the sorority realm, continuous open bidding or COB. (laughs) There are a lot of acronyms and terms and Greek life. So is so structured. (laughs) Yes, Uh, it is. Yes. Which if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I love structure, you'll probably love Panhellenic recruitment. (laughs) Even in what we call informal or secondary recruitment, there's still quite a bit of structure. Um, So anyway, I went to a recruitment event at the PiFi house, Uh, didn't even visit any other sororities because like I said, it was just on a whim. Like I didn't know anything about Greek life. And this was my experience, John. I did not get picked up by a white van with duct tape on the window. You missed out. <laughs> I, I feel like I did. Still I was driven over in Melissa's lovely four-door car <laughs> sedan um, and arrived at the PiFi house. And I was greeted very warmly by the PiFi sisters. I was shown to the formal sitting room, living room in the PiFi house, but everybody was pretty casual. So I felt like, okay, like this is a really beautiful house. Wow. This is amazing. Yeah. People are pretty casual. I like that. And you know what? I got treated to chocolate covered strawberries, not beer shaken up and sprayed all over me, <laughs> but chocolate covered strawberries. <laughs> yeah. I know it was great. And I, you know, I, I, did. I would not eat a chocolate covered strawberry in a fraternity house. That's <laughs> just uh, Even if I, if it was offered to me, I'd be like, nah, dude, I'm all right. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Like what is in that chocolate? Oh. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, I, I love chocolate covered strawberries. So I will admit I was uh, wooed by the chocolate covered strawberries and gotcha. yes, but I also had great conversation with people. I remember meeting women who I was just really surprised at how much I related to them how down to earth they are. I mean, right. Like I said before, I kind of had this stereotype in my mind of what sorority life is like, like, you know, top tier elitist, you know, unrelatable, you know, only they only care about really superficial things. And those stereotypes were shattered at that recruitment event for me. I mean, I met women who were actively involved in a variety of, of organizations on campus, student government, um, I met, I was a music major in college. And so I met several women who were involved. Um, either they were in the school of music with me. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you were a PiFi. Um, or, you know, they could relate to my experience. Um, these were women who cared deeply about female friendship, um, which was something I cared a lot about <laughs> and was really looking for that, um, looking for that deep female friendship. Um, and then Melissa with me, I mean, she was my friend who I met through InterVarsity. You know, I knew she was following Jesus and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So it seems like yeah. there could be some kind of faith connection in sorority life. And I had this moment sitting in the living room and I still remember it. Like I can picture it in my head of just like, maybe this is for me. Like, maybe this is where God has me. Um, and something just clicked, but I would say, you know, I went back and I was like, Oh, okay. That was a cool experience. Like, I don't know if I'll join. And then Melissa being the power recruiter that she is, she sent me an email that night, just kind of like laying out the pitch <laughs> for sorority life. Um, they will not do this to you in primary recruitment. Just saying, and maybe you're not allowed to do that in secondary recruitment either COB, but Melissa did. <laughs> so don't break rules if that's against the rules to communicate with potential new members outside of recruitment events. But anyway, for me, it worked. Um, and Melissa just laid it out. And I was like, wow, I think this is, I think this is where I fit. I think this is uh, in, you know, this is in my DNA and I never expected it. So I got a bid. Um, and said yes to the, had no idea what a bid was even. They came to my dorm room door and sang a song <laughs> and then gave me a bid. I'm like, what? Like, I don't even know if I signed it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm Very different to. than a white van. You, know, you <laughs> yeah. got serenaded. I got thrown into the back of a sketchy vehicle. I know, I know. So I uh, signed a bid and then pledged uh, PiFi and then got initiated in the spring of my uh, freshman year. So different experience. You know, yeah. certainly, um, you know, even different than the primary recruitment experience that a lot of women uh, go through. So I really only experienced PiFi and not the other chapters on my campus. Um, but it was awesome. I loved it. And then, you know, there were other funny stories that I'm sure we'll we'll get into after I uh, signed my bid and you know learned it's not all butterflies and rainbows. <laughs> So anyway, that was kind of my experience and, yeah. and how I came to Greek life and, and how I joined PiFi. Yeah, good deal. Yeah. So the question on the table then uh, that we're talking about is, uh, you know, as followers of Jesus, how do we approach recruitment? Uh, like I said, from my perspective, I did not go in trying to follow Jesus. I, I went in for the big parties and uh, all of that, that, that lifestyle. And when you join for those reasons, that's exactly what you get. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I've, um, you know, been reflecting on it and uh, the recruitment process, I think the question is, you know, how should we approach recruitment? As followers of Jesus. So uh, I have a, an analogy to use or kind of a concept uh, to kind of lay this out. You I know, love it. It's kind of, I'm heady. This is me getting really well, heady. But. And I will say, if you've listened to our past seasons, J-Mac is really good at analogies. <laughs> okay. So I'm pumped for this analogy. Okay. Well, let your uh, expectations be lowered then. Allow <laughs> me to lower them. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the fact that every community, every group of people has a culture. Culture being defined as a way of life, right? So it's the things that people do in their free time. It's the way that they act around others. It's the stories that they tell. It's the jokes that they tell. It's what they wear. It's what they value. Um, it's what they do on the weekends. All of that and more is built into just the way of life, uh, this particular culture. And cultures, I would use the analogy, are like 
streams of water. Uh, they're kind of like rivers in the sense that they all have a current to them. They all have a current that flows towards conformity. So you drop a person into any particular community uh, with a particular culture. The reality is, is that they will tend to go with the flow. You will just naturally begin to kind of talk and act like the people around you. You probably know this. If you have really uh, close friends or best friends, you know, you end up using the same paraphrase, catchphrases and stuff. You start talking like them, acting like them. You do the same things together. Everybody gets this, right? Definitely. Cultures, I know yeah. I act a lot more like you now than I ever used to. You were Because we hang out right. so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, I would uh, say that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all like to think of ourselves as autonomous individuals. Yeah. I make my own decisions. Uh, I live my own life. But we often don't recycle how much the cultures ar yes. around us shape us, right? Yep. So, yep. For example, take you back to high school. Again, uh, I grew up in the South, so sorry for potentially alienating most of our audience, but- uh, It's okay, you got the nasal Midwesterner here. We're balancing each other out. There you go. So everybody, all my friends in high school uh, had trucks and they had big souped up trucks with mud terrain tires on them with brush guards and winches and toolboxes and dual exhaust and everything. This is what people did. And so if you had asked me in high school, what kind of, what's my ideal car? I would tell you exactly that. It's like a truck with big tires and dual exhaust and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I would have thought that's what I really want. But, you know, I look back on that and it's like, I have no desire for that uh, right now uh, to have that type of a car. And so it's recognizing that a large part of why I wanted it is because everybody else wanted mm -hmm. it. You know, that was the culture of my high school. Uh, if you had picked me up and dropped me into a different high school, a different community with a different culture, and let's say they all were into racing and they all had cars with nitrous oxide and racing tires and all of that. If I'm honest, that's probably what I would have wanted to uh, because everybody else does. So Every community has a culture. Mm -hmm. Cultures are these ways of life and people, cultures have current and people tend to just go with the flow. So apply this to Greek life. Every Greek chapter, every fraternity and sorority on campus has its own culture, its own way of life about it, right? One chapter may value leadership. And so everybody, it's all built around trying to get lead student organizations, be president of student body. Uh, that's what freshmen are encouraged to do is get in leadership positions. Another chapter may value athletics. Another chapter has different hobbies that they, uh, you know, um, enjoy. All of those are good and well. But the question for us, again, as Christians going through recruitment is you have to ask yourself, where is the cultural current of this particular chapter flowing in relation to Christ? Mm -hmm. Is it flowing towards him or away from him? Is it kind of neutral, you know, for chapters whose cultures are flowing towards Christ? You know, is this a place where I can be open with my faith and accepted for my faith? Are there actual opportunities to grow in my faith? Does the chapter have a Bible study or does there, is there a group of guys or girls that go to church on Sundays? Um, are there other people in the chapter, like you said, Allison, like Melissa, who are also trying to follow Jesus, you know, those are places where you might discern, Hey, this, the culture of this chapter is more open uh, to faith and, and it's kind of flowing towards Christ. There's other chapters that may not be like that, that are flowing uh, away from Christ, where faith is just kind of weird, you know, or not talked about, or the lifestyles and the social life are flowing in the opposite direction of the Christian lifestyle, you know, mm. and that's kind of how I joined Greek life. I, I was looking for, I was not looking for uh, a chapter that was going to help me grow in my faith. I didn't care about my faith at the moment. Um, and so I was happy to find a chapter that, um, was all about the big parties and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's important for us to remember because, right, cultures flow towards conformity. People tend to go with the flow. You will tend to become like the people around you, especially as a freshman or a lower classman who is not trying to stand up or stand out mm -hmm. uh, for anything just, you're just trying to fit in. You're just trying to make friends, uh, on campus. I know that's what I was trying to do. And so the question, you know, typically when we go into Greek life, we ask the question, 
Uh, can I be friends with these people? Can I see myself becoming long-term friends with these uh, people? And I think that's a good question to ask. I'm still friends with all of my fraternity brothers. Uh, we still, we get together for football games and homecoming. We go to each other people's uh, wedding. Weddings are like the new formal uh, formals yes. now. <laughs> uh, so um, I think that's a legitimate question, but I, I would ratchet it up a knot to also ask, do I want to become like these people? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, is that you probably will once you get into that chapter. You know, I once heard a pastor say, your friends will determine your fate. Mm. Uh, so to that end, I think a helpful practice, uh, if you're really trying to stay true to your faith, going through recruitment, uh, a helpful practice would be the discipline of discernment. Yeah. Discernment being defined as distinguishing between, you know, what is good and what is not good according to God. You know, James uh, in uh, the book of James, he talks about this in terms of wisdom. Uh, you know, James 1.5 says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given to you. You know, uh, Jesus talks about, you know, the, the Holy Spirit being this counselor who comes to us that helps us discern, you know, uh, between what's good and what's not good. You know, uh, Jesus says, John 16, eight, you know, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict uh, the world concerning of sin and righteousness and judgment. And so this ability, again, to discern between like what's good and what's not good. So going through recruitment, see yourself, you know, also going through recruitment with God. Go out, meet people, have a good time, ask questions, get to know the chapters, uh, but also listen to God. Uh, mm. Also be in prayer about it and asking the Holy Spirit uh, to help you discern where is the cultural current of this chapter flowing? You know, mm -hmm. God gives me wisdom uh, to be able to see it uh, for, for what it is. Um, and to that end, if you discern that the cultural currents of, you know, a particular chapter that you want to join are, are flowing towards Christ and in his way of life and that lifestyle, then, hey, it's going to be easier to live out your faith, uh, which, uh, which is a great thing. If you discern the cultural currents of a, the chapter that you want to join are flowing away from Jesus and, and his lifestyle, then, hey, that's okay too. I'm not saying that you should not join those chapters. Just because you're a Christian, you should write those off. Maybe you should, uh, but I would actually say that, hey, I think that's, that's still a possibility, but recognize Absolutely. it's going to be a little more difficult. You know, it would be the joining that chapter would be the equivalent of swimming upstream of the culture. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you can totally do it. Uh, and there's actually, you know, benefits that, that come with that and helping you grow in your faith and actually mm -hmm. strengthen your faith and refine your faith. Uh, but the other reality, the challenge is that it also tends to become exhausting and a little wearisome. You know, uh, you may get tired of missing out on certain opportunities that other people are doing, you know, tired of feeling alone in your faith or, or never talking mm -hmm. about it, tired of being asked questions about, you know, your lifestyle and, and why you're not doing this or why you're doing that. Um, and the temptation will always be to just relax and go with the flow, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of which you, I've seen it happen. People just kind of slowly drift away from their faith. There yeah. was a guy trip, you know, I, I remember I was an active brother. He was a pledge going through. And I remember this guy trip came into our chapter. He was like adamantly opposed to drinking, didn't want to drink, uh, had his own reasons for that. People respected that. Um, and nobody ever forced trip to have a drink or anything, but near the end of the semester, we were at a, a football game at a tailgate and trip walks up to me and he's drunk. And I, uh, you know, have a conversation with him, uh, and you kind of realize he just ended up kind of going with the flow because mm -hmm. everybody else is, you know, and that's, I think it's recognizing that uh, the cultures around us are flowing. They have a current to them and they're flowing in a certain direction. And um, it's just easier to go with the flow than trying to swim upstream, you know, mm -hmm. but again, those types of chapters, I think if you join them, recognize what you're getting into and there's also that opportunity that would actually strengthen your faith. You know, I know James in that same chapter one, that same passage preceding the request for wisdom talks about, hey, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, James recognizes that trials aren't a bad thing that should be avoided at all costs. Challenges to your faith should not be avoided at all costs. In fact, some of those are the very testing grounds uh, that strengthen your faith and actually help you mature uh, as a follower. And so uh, I think that's it. Asking the question, not just, you know, are these people that I can be friends with, but are these people that I want to become, you know, and trying to use this discipline of discernment to discern where are the cultural currents of this chapter flowing and, and what am I potentially getting myself into and which chapter should I, should I join? Yes. Oh my gosh. I would say PiFi, even though I had my friend, Melissa, who was following Jesus and committed to that. Um, I would say our chapter was more neutral slash flowing away from Jesus. And so, you know, it was a really, I think faith deepening and stretching experience for me because I had to learn how to be confident in my faith in a way that was gracious, you know, knowing how to talk to my sisters in a way that was loving and kind, but also bold, um, in my faith with them. And it was probably the first time where I could actually decide, am I going to go public in my faith or am I not? That was a very clear sense. And so I just want the audience to know one or the other isn't necessarily the right godly choice. Right. And so that's why we, we do, we need to invite God into the recruitment process with us and ask him throughout the process, God, give me wisdom. Where are you leading me in this? Yeah. Cause it would be much easier just for us to sit here and make a blanket statement of just like, that is bad. That is good. You should not, that kind of gets into the question. Like, should I go Greek or not? Right. Uh, Should I, as a Christian, should I go Greek or not? Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily the most helpful question. I think the question that we're really asking is, you know, as Christians, how should we approach Greek life? Mm -hmm. Because the the reality is, is Greek life is one particular community. Right. But every student organization on campus has its own culture, right? Mm -hmm. And so whether it's the ski club or it's an intramural group or whether it's, uh, you know, whatever, the same concepts apply uh, yes. and the same concepts apply after school too, of just, Hey, you move to a new city, who, who's your going to be your friend group and who, who are you going to hang out with? And so that's where some of this, like, it's actually a, a really vital and helpful skill to develop this sense of discernment, you know, yes. and being able to listen to the Lord and where he's leading you. And, um, totally exactly. agree. Uh, you know, I think, but there's some keys to that. I mean, some of what I hear you saying that that help, especially if you're going to join a chapter who's, you know, uh, the culture may be flowing away from Christ. A couple of things that I was hearing you say is one, you have Melissa, uh, yes. you have somebody else uh, that you could yeah. have conversations with and uh, that got you and you didn't have to explain your faith uh, to them. Um, and they actually wanted to help you grow in your faith and you were going through it together. Um uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's other things that you would say are helpful, uh, as, as you're going through recruitment like that. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got, you know, a couple of, of tips that we can, you know, I can throw out there for potential new members. Um, you know, as I've thought about the recruitment process over the years, I do think you're right, John, like having a buddy, you know, someone you're not, do it. You're not just going through alone. I mean, certainly you can say, I'm going to join Greek life and I don't have any friends in Greek life, but I think having that person, you know, who I really admired and was a guide to me in the Greek experience, um, was really crucial. Um, but I think the first one, and this is kind of, you know, as you've been listening to this, when I say it, you'll be like, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. But number one is just know what you're getting into, you know, really kind of think through that culture. John, I really liked what you said is, you know, do I want to become like these people? Are these the people I want to become like, are these people that I could be friends with? I mean, there's certainly an argument to be said for surrounding yourself with people who are different than you that can shape in, shape and mold and strengthen you. Um, but also looking at the character, you know, of the fraternity or sorority that you're visiting. And is that, are they exhibiting qualities, even if they're not following Jesus, you know, of who I want to become, you know, do they, are they into the things that I'm into? Um, is this going to develop me um, in the way that I want to be developed? And again, like you said, John, knowing, okay, is, is this, are they flowing away from Jesus? Are they flowing toward Jesus? They'll tell you in recruitment, oh, don't bring up faith. I would say no, 
it's okay to have those conversations in recruitment as a potential new member, um, to maybe ask some of those questions. I mean, it's totally a fair game question during recruitment to ask whoever you're talking to, like, Hey, what kind of stuff are you involved in on campus? And you can certainly ask the question, you know, is anybody involved in any faith-based stuff? Um, and you can certainly ask that question. Um, and even if active members aren't allowed to ask you necessarily that you can always share, you know, you're, you're not bound to, by anything, no. you know, if someone asks you, you know, what do you enjoy doing? Uh, you can mention one of the things, Hey, I enjoy going to church. Is there anybody else in the yeah. chapter that goes to church or yeah, interested in faith-based things? Yeah. You can feel it out. Yep. For sure. For sure. So that's, you know, when you're going through the recruitment process, be prepared to ask questions so that you get a sense of what, you know, you're getting into. And again, having that James one five verse in the back of your mind, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Um, So that's the first one, right? We've kind of been hammering that a lot of just knowing what you're getting into, um, knowing what the current is like in that Greek chapter. And then second, right, stay anchored. Um, And what I mean by that is if you don't want to go with the flow, here's what you do. You just simply stay engaged with God each day you have a recruitment event. That sounds probably way simpler in your mind, but all it is, is just, you know, have some spiritual practices in your back pocket so that you're not going through recruitment just kind of on a whim. Um, And what I mean by that is what are the rhythms in your life that help you stay anchored or connected with God? Um, I think we all have some of those, whether it's a type of way you like to pray. Um, Maybe there's a type of schedule. Maybe you pray in the morning or you pray every evening, or maybe you are someone who you've learned some ways to pray throughout your day. Um, Or maybe you listen to a Bible app or there's a devotional that you read. Don't abandon those in the recruitment process. So it's a busy time recruitment. Um, you know, when you're visiting Greek chapters, it can be real easy to let those routines go out the window. And I would say, don't resist that stay anchored, you know, have just like a simple prayer that you say right before you enter into any fraternity or story that you go to just God help me be present to you or God, give me wisdom. Like literally just praying James one through one verse five, God, please give me wisdom. It's so simple. Um, And then I would say also, you know, in that staying anchored piece, do you have someone you can debrief with about this? So do you have a friend who's going through the recruitment experience with you, where you can talk about your experiences together, or, you know, maybe just someone who's a trusted friend who's following Jesus, whether it's a friend or a mentor, um, of yours. I mean, we have Greek intervarsity on many campuses across the country, and you can check out Greek intervarsity before you even join your Greek org. And I'm sure a Greek intervarsity staff or fellow student would love to debrief the recruitment experience with you. Um, yeah. So I've, I found that helpful. I mean, as a new member, I, you know, I was, again, it just was not on my radar, you know? So I just wasn't probably practicing that spiritual discipline of discernment until after I got, the invitation for a bid. Um, but I do remember spending time just in prayer and talking to God about this email that Melissa sent me, um, and really sensing, wow, like, I think this is where God is leading me. Um, and having that confirmed by other people, not just by Melissa, but like other friends in inner varsity at the time who were saying like, wow, yeah, I see the way that your personality and qualities and passion, um, could line up for this. Um, And I've also heard stories of people, you know, feeling God uh, prompt them to go into a chapter that seems like it's flowing away from Jesus, you know, to have more of this kind of missionary mindset of like, not only, you know, just a kind of self-centered focus of just how do I survive in my own faith, but like, how can I actually share my faith with this chapter? How could I like have an impact? And absolutely. I would say, I mean, that's one of the greatest benefits that if you join a chapter uh, whose culture isn't flowing towards Christ and you're one of those people that's swimming upstream and you're staying anchored in your faith, there is nothing more conspicuous than a person who is following Jesus in a community yeah. where everybody else is just going with the flow. It's just yep. uh, imagine somebody swimming upstream while everybody else is just floating downstream. It's like, what, what's that person doing? And uh, I mean, just at every party and every situation, people are going to notice you and the way that you live as opposed to the way that everybody else is, is doing. And 
I think that's one of the greatest, you know, opportunities that you actually have. And I've seen people do that and stay strong in their faith and have a profound impact, like have mm-hmm. other brothers and sisters uh, come to Christ as a, yeah. as a result of it. So absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. And so either way, right. If you find yourself, you know, really being drawn toward a chapter that's, you know, moving away from Christ and you're kind of more going up the current or is moving towards Jesus, the invitation is the same to stay anchored, um, in those, those disciplines. And, you know, I'll sum it up for you, but prayer, scripture, community, like those are the three that really, I think, help you stay anchored in your faith, having these regular practices of talking to God, reading his word, which is one of the ways we hear from God and can discern his voice. And then, debriefing that in community. Um, that's another way that, that we're able to interpret what God is, is calling us into is by talking with community about it. Um, and then finally, I guess my third tip, you know, so right, know what you're getting into stay anchored. And then finally, the question we often ask again in recruitment as a potential new member is what can I get from this chapter? But I want us to flip the script a bit, right? As people who follow Jesus and who are curious about Greek life, I think we should be asking the, the question, what can I give to this chapter? So sure. I mean, what can I get from this chapter? And like I said before, it's totally okay for you to ask, do I want to be friends with these people? You know, do, do I want to become like them, but also what can I give to the chapter? Is there a way that I am uniquely created by God, which will be an asset to this, this great chapter, both maybe in my, the way that I follow Jesus. If you're called to a chapter that's moving away from Jesus, that is a gift an asset that you will bring to that chapter. Um, or maybe in the way that you really align with their philanthropy and what they care about, um, or the way that you are uniquely gifted in leadership or in the major that you've selected. Um, there are things thinking through, what do I offer to this fraternity or sorority, uh, that I'm looking into and, and asking yourself that as you go through the recruitment process. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. great. It's sort of the yeah. mutually beneficial mindset, right? That, yes. Uh, there are uh, certain things that we're getting from the chapter and uh, there's also things that you bring to the chapter. And yep. I think regardless, we're saying regardless of what chapter you end up joining, uh, God can use you there. Yes. You know, yep. but it requires you staying anchored in him and, um, you know, uh, also surrounding yourself with some people that are able to help you through the process. You know? Yep. But hey, we need to take a little break uh, because in the second half of this, we're going to be pivoting and talking to the active members um, because, right, potential new members, there's so many ways to approach Greek or the Greek experience and while you're trying to follow Jesus. And the same goes for active members is that how do we find God in recruitment as an active member? Are you a sorority woman looking to go deeper in your membership? Our friend Cassie supports sisters in their sorority membership through her virtual educational platform, Her Sorority Journey. Her Sorority Journey's courses, podcast episodes, workshops, and more provide guidance to women navigating the ever-changing challenges of sisterhood. Cassie has given us an exclusive promo code for Greek IV listeners to get $5 off the Her Sorority Journey course, a reflective guide to recruitment preparation for both women considering recruitment and recruiters. To get this deal, head to her website, the link is in our show notes, and use the promo code GIV to get recruitment ready, or follow her on Instagram or TikTok at Her Sorority Journey. You'll get all the guidance you need for your sorority journey. All right, so we are back, and now that we've done this flyover of recruitment for potential new members, let's get into the active experience. And John? Even though I came to college not really having Greek life on my radar, when I joined Pi Phi, I drank the Kool-Aid. That's like a term. It's like, I drank the Pi Phi Kool-Aid, okay? And I was like, Pi Phi, 100%. My big sister in my sorority, Carla, shout out to Carla. She had a, okay, maybe this is dating me, but she had a belt buckle with our Greek letters on it, Pi Phi. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And so, you know, after I joined, got my bid, you know, pledging process initiation. I mean, I had enough Pi Phi gear to probably outfit multiple people (laughs) and decorate multiple bedrooms. So, um, I was Pi Phi live or die. (laughs) And I'm not ashamed to admit that I love 
recruitment. And I use that as a present tense word, not loved. I still love recruitment. So in school, I actually served as the new member educator. And then I was the vice president of recruitment. And then for a number of years, I was the recruitment advisor for PiFi at the University of Utah. So some reasons why I love recruitment. First of all, I am a raging extrovert. <laughs> so I love getting to know people. It's one of my favorite things. Um, and I love how recruitment gives us the opportunity to meet new people and to practice hospitality. It sounds kind of cheesy, but I do really love the idea of hospitality, of being welcoming um, and just making people feel at home. And so I think that's another reason why I love recruitment and still love recruitment. Um, and I also really love how recruitment can bring a Greek organization together. I mean, I think about like round one of recruitment, right? You're going like, it's over the course of two days, at least at my school, some schools it's longer. And round one, you're meeting, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of women, and you have party after party after party. And at the end of the day, you're just like slap happy. Like, you're just like, where am I? What day of the week is it? Who, who is this person sitting next to me? But it's in those moments where you're like laughing and crying at the same time because you're so tired that really bring a chapter together. <laughs> Sorority recruitment is so intense. It's I know it is. Oh, so emotionally. It, uh, <laughs> it is very <yes>. draining. <laughs> Many tears, a lot of laughter, yes. probably some cuss words thrown in as well because you're just, it's a lot of extroverting the whole time. It's a lot so, of talking. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, some of my favorite memories of PiFi are from behind the scenes of recruitment, you know, frantically setting decor, popping the breath mints in between parties. I mean, I have one memory when I was advising uh, PiFi at the University of Utah, and I was literally stapling um, tool to the ceiling, stapling tool to the ceiling five minutes before the first preference round party, which preference is the final round of recruitment the most important. Um, and at the moment it was, oh, and I also had a phone in my ear because I was talking to someone who had a recruitment question from the Panhellenic office. <laughs> so at the moment, obviously very stressful, but it's one of my cherished memories uh, because it's just so crazy and wacky, the things that we do, you know, to celebrate and welcome new members uh, into our chapters. So I said this earlier, I think that recruitment can bring the best out of our chapters and the worst, right? You have these fun memories, but then there's also a lot of stressful moments. Um, so John, yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, sharing my funny stuff. What about for you? God bless people like you because I did <laughs> not enjoy recruitment. <laughs> you know, thankful for the extroverts that uh, did all that. I am an introvert. So, you know, there was a certain point where like, I am tapped out. I've asked the same three questions probably a hundred times of, you know, Hey, what's your name? What's your major? Where are you from? Hey, what's your name? What's your, where, what's yes. your major? Where are you from? Uh, and and you also have to think of again. like a million ways to alter that question so that it sounds different. Keep it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I uh, grow wearisome and exhausting, but, um, Yes, but for fraternity recruitment is quite different than sorority recruitment, as we've said before. Um, and you're right, it brings out the best in us and it brings out the worst in us. Um, and we've got some tips for those who are, you know, navigating recruitment as an active member, both if you're on exec and if you're an active member um, of your chapter, but you're not on exec. Um, and I want to bring it back, John, to James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lack, lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So, I mean, that comes through in the experience of, you know, when you're talking to a new member, you know, and you're getting to know them, you know, asking God before the party even starts for wisdom on, okay, how do I navigate this conversation? So, you know, I think we forget as active members, how nervous potential new members are because we're nervous too to meet people and our nerves can come out in a variety of ways, right? It can come out as we just try to put on a show <laughs> and maybe we try to act a little disinterested in them <laughs> um, or like the big, big person in your chapter of like, Oh, I'm really cool. And I have to kind of feel aloof. It feels a lot like dating, you know, people's dating strategies of, okay, I either want to really flatter this person, or maybe I need to be more aloof. <laughs> And I would say in both of those perspectives, really asking God, how do I be an authentic person 
you know, how do I be the person yeah. God created me to be with this person who I'm having a conversation with? Um, and so having that verse from James one chapter one, yeah. verse five, you know, maybe writing it on a note card and just putting it on, you know, your bathroom mirror or the mirror in your bedroom and in, in your fraternity or sorority house. Um, or if you live in the dorm or an apartment off campus and you're getting ready for a, a recruitment or intake event, having that somewhere where you can see it. And like I said before, spiritually preparing yourself, um, for those conversations. Um, and so first off though, before we get into the conversations, I'm kind of getting a little bit ahead of myself. So you have two people, two groups of people as an active member that you're interacting with, right? You're interacting with potential new members, but you're also interacting with your brothers and sisters all week long. And in my story, I shared about how you're just slap happy at the end of the day. Like you maybe want to like rage at someone, but then maybe you also just need a hug. (laughs) Maybe that's not your experience, John. Maybe it's like you want to rage at someone or have other comforting mechanisms <laughs> at the end of recruitment, um, a day of recruitment for you. But I think that very first one is, you know, how can you practically the first audience, your brothers and sisters, okay, we'll call that audience one. How can you practically support your brothers and sisters during recruitment? So it can just be really easy to get into this selfish mindset during recruitment of like, oh, I hate this. I'm so tired. Or I love this. This is so great. And why don't other people love this as much as me? Or if you're on exec, it's very easy for you to slip into the resentful mindset when people aren't doing the things you want them to do during recruitment. And I think we could all, whether we find ourselves in leadership during recruitment or not, take a step back and ask, how can I support my brothers and sisters best during recruitment? So if you know that you're prone to complaining um, when you're in stressful situations, like talk to God about that in the morning, like talk to God and say, Hey, I know I am prone to complaining. And that really brings people down. Help me to not complain today. (laughs) Um, or maybe you are prone to being resentful to the people around you and pressuring them to be a certain way. Um, AKA VPs of recruitment everywhere who maybe are like, why don't people just do this and love it? Like I do (laughs) checking yourself and saying like, God, help me to be compassionate and empathetic to the people around me who, you know, maybe are introverts and this is really draining and taxing for them. How can I be empathetic? So there's like two things, but also I think practical stuff goes a long way as well. If you're an active member in your chapter, how can you go out of your way to serve the people around you, both exec and active members? I mean, if you're in a recruitment group, this is again, the organizational analness of sororities, you know, how can you, serve your group, maybe bring them donuts the first morning of recruitment, or, you know, ask how you can support them. Um, ask how you can support your leaders in the chapter during that time. If you're not on your exec board, um, whether it's just telling them that they're doing a great job, that's really simple, (laughs) you know, or if you see them stressing out in a corner with a phone to their ear, praying for them, like you don't have to tell them necessarily you're praying for them, but just praying for them, being a person of prayer, in that situation. Um, and then, you know, there's some other things thinking about your coping mechanisms too, at the end of the day, you know, if if you know that your way of coping with stress is to just, you know, get drunk at the end of the day, you know, talking to God about that and saying, is this the, is this what you want for me in the recruitment process? Is this the best way to support my brothers and sisters? So it is really kind of taking yourself out of that kind of selfish mindset of, I just have to do what I can to get through this week and saying like, actually, what can I do to support my brothers and sisters for all of us communally to get through this week together? Um, so that's just the very first one. I'll have audience one, right? That's the, the audience that you are caring for during that week. Um, Second tip, I'm going to talk about the second audience with PMs, but before we get to that, this is the same tip that I gave for potential new members, which is stay anchored. And I started getting at this, right, of keeping that James chapter one, verse five um, verse somewhere where you can see it. Or if there's another scripture that's really resonating with you and that helps you, especially if I said, if you're prone to complaining, you know, there are tons of scripture about not grumbling or complaining. Um, there's lots of scripture in the Proverbs that talk about the ways that you can interact with the people in your community. So I would say, pick something, pick a piece of scripture that grounds you and, you know, think about memorizing it for that week so that you can just call it to mind when you're in a stressful situation and turn it into a prayer. I mean, this is exactly the same thing I said with PNMs is that you need prayer scripture 
and community in the recruitment process to really honor God with that and to care for your brothers and sisters, to care for yourself and to care for potential new members. And then finally, third question, again, you're going to see this mirroring the tips I gave to potential new members, but this is what we often ask in our chapters. What does this potential new member bring to the chapter? I think John, you said like a common refrain in your, you know, recruitment meetings was, well, can I have a drink with this person? And, you know, that's fine. It's not a bad question. You know, it's not bad to say what I want to be friends with this person. We said that before for for potential new member tips, but what if we flip the script in our fraternity and sororities and we say, what does our chapter actually bring to this person? Not so much. What does the potential new member bring to us, but what do we offer? What do we give to this person. Um, and I think that's a way that you can maybe feel refreshed in your conversations with potential new members as they come through recruitment of what do I have to offer to them? You know, how can I offer something that is good, something that, um, you know, potentially honors God and draws them closer to Jesus if they join my fraternity or sorority. Yeah. I think that's good. I think flipping, uh, in the same way, you know, you flip that script for P and M's. Uh, if it's the question is, you know, um, what can I bring to this chapter, uh, for active members, you know, what can our chapter bring to this person? How can mm-hmm. we shape them? And especially if you're, you know, uh, following Jesus as an active member, how can I, uh, witness to this person? How could I help this person develop in their faith? How could I draw them towards Christ? How could I be a faithful presence uh, to them? Yeah. And committing to them. It's sort of that, again, the mutual uh, relationship, mutually beneficial uh, relationship. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also say, I mean, flipping uh, in, you know, in terms of like flipping the questions. uh, I know for P&Ms, we were asking the question of like, do I want to be friends with these people? Do I want to become like these people? I think for, if your uh, discernment still applies to active members of asking the question, not do I want to become like this person, but do I want my chapter to become like this person? Yeah. Because the people you recruit will end up shaping your fraternity and sorority and what it stands for and the reputation and everything on campus. And so um, I always used to hear our exec board, like complain about like, nobody does anything in this chapter. Like everybody just wants to like party. And it's like, well, <laughs> those are the people we recruited. Right. So, uh, you know, if you just get people that want to party and don't want to do anything, then that's going to be the reality. And so, yep. um, yeah, I think it using wisdom in this, the same sense. And uh, if you're an active member, you know, continue to, to listen to God as you interact with people and think about different people. It's just, you know, um, what is this person bringing to the chapter and how might they shape uh, the culture of the chapter, whether it's perpetuating that or whether it's, you know, uh, them being different and adding right. diversity to it. So, yep. yeah. And John, I would add, I would say, you know, in, in conversations before recruitment, so every fraternity and three does some kind of preparation for recruitment, whether it's like minimal Or in my case, it was like a full week that we called work week. You're not supposed to call it work week anymore. You're supposed to, in sorority land, you're supposed to call it spirit week. (laughs) And I also recognize I'm talking from an NPC perspective. So I'm excited that we're having guests from the NPHC and MGC councils because they're going to offer a totally different take on their uh, intake or recruitment process. But anyway, um, we all do some kind of preparation. And I, I would wager to bet that every single sorority or fraternity has at least one conversation of what values do we have as an organization, right? And I would say, speak up during that time. Like talk about the values that you want to see in your Greek chapter. That is swimming against the stream in a lot of cases or swimming against the current Um, is, you know, if your chapter, like if you want to value leadership, or you want to value integrity, yet you know that your chapter actually values something very different. Speak up about that. You have more influence than, than what you imagine. And, um, you know, yeah. again, like you, the image you said before, John, it's really easy. I mean, the default is to really just go with the current and just blend yeah. in. Totally. But I think yeah. us as followers of Jesus are called to really assess that and say, yeah. okay, God, how are you asking me what are you asking me to go against the current in this conversation? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I think we're, you know, hey, where the currents are flowing towards Christ and your chapter is like affirming things that align with, you know, Jesus's values and uh, his way of life. It's like celebrate those things. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yep. we should definitely do that. Uh, and if there's ways that there's not or the value system is off, yeah, that is an opportunity for you to swim upstream, yep. you know, and to stand up and to influence differently. You know, Definitely. I know uh, for sorority recruitment, you know, you talk about a week of preparation. Fraternities are not nearly as prepared or they right. weren't in my experience. <laughs> uh, they're just flying by the seat of their pants. And But I always remember during voting, it was inevitable that, you know, as we're talking about all these people, uh, these hundreds of people and benefits and drawbacks and should we let them in, should we not? Uh, the question would come up, you know, what are we looking for? And it was usually asked by a younger member, you know, who was like new to voting and they're trying to get a grasp on like, how are we actually, what they're really asking is like, you know, the discipline of discernment. Like, how do we discern who should get a bid and who shouldn't get a bid? Um, and you mentioned it, Allison, you know, I think the it would always kind of make everybody pause and like think, uh, what do we, what are we looking for? You know? Right. Uh, and some guys would just like joke it, uh, just make jokes about it and write it completely off. Now I remember there was a guy, you know, he was a junior and, uh, that question came up and he was just like, well, you know, I like to think of these guys as like, who would make the best pirate? You know? <laughs> And this, this guy seems like he would, he would be really good. Uh, and, you know, it's just like anyone acting, bringing levity uh, to the hours of voting, uh, you know, um, but other, you know, the, the most common refrain or most serious was just like, you could be friends with this person, right? Yeah. Can I be friends with this person? You could have a, you know, sit down and have a drink with this person and talk for an hour and not feel awkward. Right. Uh, hey, I'm with you. I don't want to invite like, conversationally awkward people into my chapter. I don't want to be surrounded by people that uh, can't carry the conversation uh, yet. Like what are some of the deeper values yeah. uh, that, yep. that we're looking for in it? And um, Hey, as an active member, that's an opportunity for you to influence the culture of your chapter. Yes. p don't have any influence over the culture. They you know, are just going to kind of get swept up in it. Yep. Um, but as an active member, you get to kind of shape it. And so, yeah, those are opportunities for you to either affirm, you know, places where yes, this aligns uh, with Jesus and his values and way of life or it's an opportunity for you to stand up and swim upstream and say, actually, like, this is what I look for uh, yeah. when I'm looking um, for people and who I'm giving my vote yep. to. Yeah, I think that's good. And, you know, as I'm kind of reflecting our, on our conversation, John, I was thinking like, what is one thing I really want our audience to hear? Um, and I think this is true for both, you know, potential new members and active members. What I really want our audience to hear is, don't divorce God from recruitment. It's so easy for us to compartmentalize our lives and say, okay, God belongs here. My Greek experience belongs here. School belongs here. That is not what God desires for us. And honestly, that just makes our experiences not as vibrant, not as good, maybe a little easier, but certainly not as beautiful as they could yeah. be. And what I want to want these you know, our audience to hear. And what I honestly, as I look back at myself on college, what I want 18 year old Allison to hear is bring God into this process with you. He is there. Even if it feels like he's not, he is there with you and he, asking him again, John one first or not John James one verse five. If anybody lacks wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you generously without finding fault. There's no shame in asking for that wisdom. And there's no shame in inviting God into the process with you. You will be richer for it. You'll be a better brother and sister to the people in your life. If you invite yeah. God into the process and you'll make better decisions, you know, as a potential yeah. new member. Yeah. So. Hey, and that's uh, why this podcast exists. Yes. But, uh, definitely. Like, intersection of faith in Greek life and yeah. asking the questions of just how does my faith influence my approach to everything, uh, every aspect of my life in, in my Greek experience from recruitment to pledging a new membership to parties to uh, philanthropy and, and everything in between. Uh, and so 
Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, all of this is kind of centered around how do we bring God into the recruitment process and how mm-hmm. we're interacting with potential new members and um, for potential new members, you know, how you're entering into the process and interacting with these active members and chapters. And so, um, yeah, hey, God, give us wisdom uh, as we, uh, That's as right. we all do it. That's right. Well, this was our first episode of the new season. And next week we're going to be hearing from, uh, Cassie little. She is a, she works basically in consulting with, with sororities. And I'll talk more about, uh, who she is in our next episode. She, um, is a huge advocate for sorority for the sorority experience. And she's going to talk to us about the NPC or national Panhellenic conference recruitment experience and, and how to connect with God, uh, through that process. So you're not going to want to miss, uh, that episode next week. Um, and one thing that we're going to do today, um, before we do that, I got a few announcements for us. Um, but we, uh, want to hear from you. So if you have questions about this series or stuff is coming to your mind, you want to say something, don't hesitate to send us a DM. We're on Instagram at Greek IV, follow us there to stay up to date on what we're doing and send us a DM uh, with just your questions or concerns. Um, and then, you know, make sure to rate and review our podcast. Uh, you know, we want to hear your feedback. We want to know, uh, what you like and what you don't like. And, uh, Hey, We might even read your review on the podcast, give you a little shout out (laughs) if you review us. Um, So make sure, you know, hit that subscribe button and rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you are curious about Greek University on your campus, you're hearing this and you're like, man, I wish I had Greek IV on my campus. All you have to do is visit us at greekiv.org and fill out the contact card on our homepage and we will get in touch with you. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Greek and Christian podcast. See y'all later. The Greek and Christian podcast is produced by Greek InterVarsity, a nonprofit college ministry for fraternity and sorority students. Our ultimate vision is to see every fraternity and sorority connected to a community of Greek Christians so that every Greek is just one friend away from knowing and following Jesus. To learn more, find a community on campus or partner with us. Visit greek.intervarsity.org.